So I thought I'd read the end of the story. Today's story is about the woman at the well. So we've been going through a series of encounters with Jesus with a view to that we will encounter him in a similar manner while we're here. And I think I probably nicked the best encounter of all. I'm guilty of that. Shouldn't have given me first priority um, to choose. But when I was um, preparing for this, I thought, my, you can write a book on this. So I'm not going to take a long time, though. I'm going to try to keep it short. But I thought I'll start with the end of the story first. Then we'll pray, and then we'll see what the story is all about. So I'm going to read first from John chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you have said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So the Jews were expecting a Messiah to save them, but these Samaritans knew. They say, we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Let's pray before we start. Father God, we thank you for this encounter with the Samaritan woman, Lord, which has blessed so many millions of us throughout the centuries, Lord. And today, Father God, I am going to say a few words from the front here, Lord. But in our hearts, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will come and say your words and us. I speak, Lord, may each and every one of us hear your whisper in our hearts, Lord, myself and the listeners, for your word is a two-edged sword, Lord. Lord, it pierces the hearts of the speaker as well as the hearer, Lord. And Lord, today we want to hear your whisper in our hearts, and we want to believe and know you are the Christ because we have heard you speak into our hearts, Lord. And as we encounter you together, along with the story of the Samaritan woman, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come and speak to each one of us in our hearts. Transform us. We submit ourselves to the sword of your spirit, Lord. We submit ourselves to your word. Let your word come and transform us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we'll start from the beginning now. So, John chapter 4, verse 4. But he needed to go through Samaria. Today, we are here to encounter the same story. So, he needed to go through Gateway Church at Trinity Center today. He's here. And through this story... Each one of us will have our own woman at the well story today. And that's my heart's desire, and I'm sure every one of yours is as well. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Shekar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. 
It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So I would invite you to invest yourself in this event, which happened 2,000 years ago. Imagine the heat, the dust of noontime Mediterranean climate. Jesus had walked a long way along with his disciples. He was very tired. He was sat next to the well. And I think he must have been so tired that he couldn't even go further. So he sent, this is my imagination, of course, the Bible doesn't say it, but he sent the disciples ahead to buy food. So they probably had run out of food by then. So he was very tired and he was sat there. And it was noontime. So usually people who came to draw water from the well would come early in the morning or late in the evening. So this was noontime. And imagine Jesus sitting there and imagine the woman. Now put yourself in the shoes of the woman. So she's coming to draw water at a time, and you've probably heard this before many times, at a time when nobody else would be expected to be there. Maybe to avoid the crowd. We don't know. We can't be sure. She was probably, this is my imagination, of course, she's, she was probably thinking, oh, there's somebody there. So she saw him there and she thought, oh, who on earth is it? I'm trying to avoid people. So she came close and she must have seen that it was a Jew and she must have just said, oh, that's great. He's going to leave me alone. I don't have to interact with anybody. He's going to leave me alone. And so when Jesus asked, give me a drink, it must have startled her. How come he's speaking to me? And let's read on from verse 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So I don't know about you, what you think, but in, when I think about this, if I had wanted to avoid conversation, I would have just given him the drink. But she didn't. So her curiosity was aroused and... She certainly, I mean, when I read, the more I read, I can see that she's so, in teenage speech, she's quite sassy and feisty as well. And so she says to him, how is it that you ask me for a drink? You're a Jew. And this was just one, the first of her many questions to follow. She asked question after question after question. She was a great questioner. So we'll read on to, uh, uh, we'll read verse 10 to see what Jesus had to reply. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So just take a moment to think about what Jesus could have said. But before, before that, let's just see, uh, see what the Old Testament has to say about this gift that God was, uh, Jesus was um, uh, talking about. So there are two references about this gift in the Old Testament, which we'll quickly look at before we go on to what Jesus could have said. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3 says, With joy you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. So salvation is a gift that is referred to connected with water. 
And Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3 says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. So again, the imagery of water and the Holy Spirit is connected as well. So water in the Old Testament is connected to salvation and the Holy Spirit. So this is the gift that Jesus was talking about. So he says to her, if you knew the gift, and if you knew who is it who's talking to you, you would have asked him. Listen to what Jesus did not say. He could have said, so you are thinking I'm a Jew. Do you know that I have a gift that you don't have and I could give you? And that is the gift of salvation and the Holy Spirit. And do you know that I am the Messiah, the Son of God? Jesus didn't spell it out to her who he was. A good teacher does not hand out answers. They keep the students engaged and curious just about enough to lead them on a journey of discovery. And that is the beautiful story here, how Jesus slowly drew her out on a journey of discovery to who he was rather than what she was pointing to. So she was distracted by, you don't, you are a Jew, why are you talking to me? But he was, he didn't tell her who he was. He said, he didn't answer that. He said, if you knew, if you knew. Of course, we can expect nothing less than that from Jesus, can we? Because he's the best of the best of the best teachers. And um, it, this is such a fantastic encounter where we can really discover Jesus and how he leads people on. And more importantly, I hope Jesus is leading you and me today on a journey of discovery for the questions that we have in our lives. So her curiosity is now aroused. And then she has not one question for him after that, but two. So we'll read on from verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Rightful observations. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And she was distracted by, you do not have this, you do not have that. Two questions in one go. How are you going to get that living water? Let's read on to what Jesus had to reply. Verses 13 to 14. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Notice that Jesus did not answer her questions at all. He just did not answer her questions. She asked, where are you going to get the water from? How are you going to get it? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He just opened up her eyes. He was leading her on a journey of discovery to the infinite greatness of the quality of his offer. And that's what he was doing. She came to get water just for the day, and she'll have to come back again the next day. But Jesus offered her water that was eternal, everlasting, 
and it'll spring up again and again and again that she will never thirst again. And that's what Jesus was trying to do. So Jesus skillfully was directing her away from her distraction. She saw the when, the where, the how, and the what. But Jesus was guiding her to focus on that gift that he was offering her. Verse 15. She then at last asked him for that, but albeit with a little bit of a grudge, she says in verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Again, there is a little bit of a hook that she puts there, and she says that I may not come here to draw. So almost as if she was grudgingly asking him, okay, give me this water then so that I don't have to come back to draw water. Verses 16 to 19 is where we are going next. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So she, Jesus finally got her to ask him, okay, give me that water. But she knew, he knew that she was not in a position to receive this great gift until he had resolved, until she had resolved some of the issues in her life. He needed to address that. So that's why he said, bring your husband. And just notice what Jesus says. He did not condemn her in a condemning. He just stated facts. So there is no condemnation and there is no accusation and there is no um, stirring of emotions and everything to get her to confess her sins. He just stated facts. This is what it is. You've said it rightly. And, but her response is what I would like you to really look at. She said, oh, in her heart she must have thought, he knows everything I ever did. He must be a prophet. And so she says to him, I perceive you are a prophet. Now, I'd like you to now think about the journey she has made from the beginning. So, in the beginning, when she was walking towards the well, she probably was thinking, oh, there's a man there. And as she got closer, she saw that he was a Jew. And then she was thinking, is he greater than Jacob? And in the previous instance, when she replied to him, she called him sir, so a bit more than that. And now she's gone, made that journey, and in a matter of a few minutes, few pieces of conversation, she now recognizes he's a prophet. And can you see how Jesus skillfully guided her? But she wasn't letting go. It's almost like this encounter is such great fun because it's almost like watching a boxing match. (laughs) So Jesus says something and she throws him a punch. So it's like that. So even now she wasn't willing to let go. So verse 20 is where we are now. So she says to him, 
I perceive you're a prophet, but our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place to worship. So again, she brings up a controversy. You are a prophet, but you say this thing, and I don't think it is right. So she throws him a punch. And let's read on to verses 21 to 24. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Thank God for this woman and her questions. Because her query and her not giving up, her determination to throw a punch every time Jesus tried to lead her on this voyage of discovery led us to this profound piece of scripture. This is such a profound piece of scripture. It, to show us what God's heart is and what God is seeking. And again, look how skillfully Jesus guided her from her distraction to worship. So if you read verse 20 again, she was focused on the act of worship and the place of worship. So her controversy, the way her, her was, we worship over here, but you say you should worship in Jerusalem. So can you see, she was skirting the issue. She was trying to somehow throw a few punches and get away from it all and not face the mirror there. She was focusing on the act of worship and the place where the worship happened. But how, look at how Jesus says in verse 23, because Jesus knew that the object of worship is the one who you should face. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father. And see how skillfully Jesus introduced, you know what? The place and the worship itself is not a big deal. It is the Father who you worship is the big deal. He is the object of our worship. So we have... Wonderful musicians here. We have wonderful worship leaders here. And I thank God for the way they lead us into the presence of God. But that is an act of worship. The object of our worship is the Father. And see how Jesus guided her in that way. And what's really wonderful is that Jesus showed us a glimpse into the Father's heart. That he is seeking. He's seeking such worshippers. And that's such a beautiful, profound piece of scripture. When I see the Samaritan woman in heaven, I'm going to thank her for all her queries and her questions. But please ask questions. Jesus loves questions. Questions are a way to know God's heart. True worship is from the heart, in spirit and in truth, and not from a certain place or from a certain position or from a certain, uh, in a certain way. And what does it mean when... Jesus says we should worship in spirit. Spirit, the spirit of man is the innermost part of any being, of our being. It is the essence of who we are. And that is what God is seeking us to worship him from the innermost depths of our being. 
wholeheartedly, and God is seeking such. Verse 25, let's read on. The woman said to him, again, she's not fully facing it, she says, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. So, you know, she said, I perceive you're a prophet. She was direct with that. She at least accepted that. But now, I think in her heart, you know, she brought up the Messiah. Can you see how Jesus skillfully did not say, I am the Messiah? She, she brought up the word, albeit he wasn't sure. I know he's coming, and when he gets, she must have been a bit pondering, is he the one? Or, I don't know. That's just me uh, imagining. But she brought the Messiah because something in her heart stirred up and reminded her of the Messiah. And verse 26 Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Simple fact. No fanfare, no false humility or modesty on the part of Jesus. He didn't need to. It's a fact. I who speak to you am he. And that's all he had to say. So let's see what happens here from verse 27 onwards. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking to her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and came to the men. So she left her water pot. She even forgot what she came here for. And she came to the men. Now, the Bible doesn't say exactly, because Jesus asked her to go call her husband, isn't it? So I don't know, it could have been the man who was living, uh, who she was living with then, or maybe it was just a group of men, we don't know. And she says to them, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. So she did what Jesus asked her to do, and she just said two things, come and see, could this be? That's all. Come and see, could this be? And a whole city came, and they opened up their hearts and their lives to Jesus. And they said, he is the Christ, the Savior of the world. So I hope you've been able to live in those characters as we went to. I mean, they're not characters. They were true people. This is not a story. This is an event. But what, how does this apply to us today? What can we learn from this? What is God trying to speak to us? So just as uh, we prayed at the beginning, I'm speaking some words, but the Holy Spirit is the one who, speak, who should speak to your heart and mine. Because he is the one who is the speaker here. So how does this apply to us today? So let's put ourselves in the shoes of the woman, Samaritan woman. She came to draw water out of the well. What are you looking for today? What are you trying to get out of life today? Or when you came to church, what was you hoping to do? Think about that. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you. She had many questions to Jesus. What are your questions to God? If you have questions, you are in a good place. If you don't have questions, it might be because you do not realize you need answers, or you might, that is 
a bad place to be in. But then the other bad place is even worse. When you think you know all the answers, you won't have questions. That's an even worse than that. Have questions. Ask questions. Jesus loves questions. So, you know, every time the woman asked a question, Jesus did not answer it. Because she was being distracted by these, Jesus was trying to teach her something more profound, more significant, that will transform her whole life and the lives of the whole city. So today, if you have a little grudge against God because he's not answering your questions, one of the reasons may be is that he's trying to open your eyes to an even more glorious revelation of him. So if you're, not, if you're in a place where you have a lot of questions, I have a lot of questions as well. So many things that are wrong with the world in our life. So much suffering we see. There are so many things we have questions for. So today, if you have a question and Jesus has not answered it directly, praise God for that. Just like he drew the Samaritan woman to an understanding of who he is, He's trying to draw your attention to that. He has an even better, glorious revelation for you than the distractions that you are seeing at present. Praise God for that. Open your eyes, open your heart, and say, Jesus, I have all these questions. I'd like you to answer them. But I can't find any answers. So what are you trying to show me, Lord? What is it you're trying to show me, Lord? I'm open for that. And get that revelation. And it's beautiful. This learning with Jesus, walking with Jesus, is such an exciting place to be. So the second thing is, is God pointing out any unresolved issues in your life? So Jesus said to her, go get your husband. So today, as you're sat here and as I'm stood here, let's ask God, do I have anything? Of course, all of us have many things. I have many things, maybe you don't, but maybe what's on top of the list? Jesus doesn't completely come and overpower you. He slowly, slowly purifies you from glory to glory, holiness to holiness. So what is the, right now, what is Jesus asking you to submit to him? Any unresolved issues? So the good news is that you just need to bring them to Jesus. He, Jesus said, go get your husband, that's all. He didn't say, go now, um, Resolve everything fully, and only then you can approach me. In the same way, if you have unresolved issues, you are not required to resolve those in your own strength. You can't. I've tried, <laughs> and you probably have tried as well. You cannot. Just bring them to Jesus. Be open and honest. Walk in the light and confess your sins to Jesus. We have a faithful high priest. He always intercedes for us. That's one thing we can be sure of. And the third thing I'd like to talk to you about is, is God stirring up your heart to be a true worshiper? So here we see that God, Jesus laid out God's heart there, saying, I'm Father seeking such worshippers. Is God stirring up your heart to be a worshiper of him? Everything you do in your life, in my life as well, is an act of worship to God. And what a beautiful life it is then. And the fourth thing is, would you commit to introduce Jesus to people and people to Jesus, like the Samaritan woman did? Very simple. Come and see. 
could this be? And that's all we need to do. We may not uh, be very articulate in saying things, and we may not have enough knowledge of the scripture. We may feel very inadequate. That's a good place to be. We just have to say, come and see, could this be? And those are the four things that I thought we would ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us about. But this story is not about just these four commitments. This story is not complete until we read John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. I'm just going to quickly read that. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last day, so this was the feast of the tabernacles, and Jesus is not in Samaria anymore. He's in Jerusalem. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And John then adds a footnote to this um, in verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this story of the Samaritan woman, Jesus did not explicitly state that it was the Holy Spirit he was talking about, but now we know. And you know these four things I said to you about encounters with Jesus and how it, none of those is possible if we do not have the Holy Spirit in us, I do not need to remind you of these four things. Because the Holy Spirit in you and me, he will teach us, he will lead us into all truth. You do not need anyone to teach you. That's what the Bible says. He will teach you. So this is the gift that Jesus is talking about. So today, I'd like you to Respond in one way. And before that, we'll read Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13, and then we're going to go into a time of prayer. Luke 11, um, 9 to 13. So if you could close your eyes as I read this, and then we'll go into prayer straight away. So I say to you, so this is Jesus saying, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gives to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So today there's an invitation, an invitation to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And just like the Samaritan woman had an encounter with Jesus, you can have an encounter with Jesus every day of your life. The Holy Spirit in you will well up as this fountain of living water. And what do you need to do in order to receive the Spirit? Just ask. 
just ask. And so I'd like to invite you to come up to the front if you feel that you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. So if you feel you need the Holy Spirit to come in you so you become a fountain of living water, please come to the front. And we, um, in Acts, we see that sometimes when you may receive the Holy Spirit like Cornelius, when Peter was just speaking, he received, uh, Cornelius and his household received, or sometimes we need elders or leaders to come and lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit. So if you've never received the Holy Spirit before and you would love to receive him today, he's here today. Today can be the day you receive the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is ask. How much more your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So we're going to finish in prayer, but I'll invite those of you who would like to receive the Holy Spirit to come up to the front if you would like. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this story of the woman at the well. And Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today, we pray with all our hearts, Lord, that all of us will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because when he comes, he will lead us into all truth. We do not need anyone to teach us, but the anointing that is in us will teach us. And the anointing is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Come and fill us. Come and fill us anew. Help us, Lord, to be rivers of living water wherever we are. Help us to be like the Samaritan woman, to draw many more people to you, to say to people, come and see, could this be? And Lord, we pray for Gateway. Lord, we pray that this will not become a pond or a lake, but it will be a river. But the Holy Spirit will flow through the community, bringing healing to many thousands of people who live in Swindon. We thank you and we praise you for this encounter that you had with the Samaritan woman. Help us, Lord, to encounter you every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.